listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 44 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. everyone welcome to another episode of the movie podcast we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making my name is steve hovicki and as always i'm here with my co-hosts hassan goblin and latham conger the third our guest tonight what do i say about raheem he's a i guess i say he's a friend of the show i mean uh, you know what, what what else do i say uh raheem lloyd welcome to sentimental thank you for having me how you guys doing tonight very good we are excellent I'm low energy uh, at least i'm speaking what'd you say <laughs> I said, low energy. I'm low energy. <laughs> Why are you low energy? You had all know. day to prepare for this. I don't know. I haven't felt good all week, so uh, you know. I got. I got actually neither, but yeah, I don't know what it is. Hopefully, hopefully it's just a cold. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go out. How could he have contracted anything? It's yeah. You know what? You know what? It's easy. It can happen easy. The spiders from Minority Report brought him into your house? <laughs> yeah. Oh. 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 Oh, there's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Peter Stromer. Uh, Another so Peter I guess, Stromer I guess we'll... classic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Raheem, I met you probably what? Let's see. I've been, I've been in New York since 07. I probably met you six, seven years ago, first time, give or take. Oh, it's been longer than that. It's longer than that? It's probably been around before 2010, I think. Okay. All right. So it was only a couple of years after I was here. Then we, yeah. we, we crossed paths through, through Hassan. Probably okay. at a Comic-Con or something like that or Wizard World or something. That's right. I used to see Maybe more. Maybe that show. Uh, Strange Arcade you guys hung out at. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that he was, tried to bilk you on Burger Time. Or that arcade was long gone by the time Steve got here. I'm sure it was. <laughs> a lot of 40 seconds. It was a retro if at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of that part of 42nd Street was long gone before I got here. Oh, boy. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll suffer from consumption. Uh, so, uh, I've had a busy, a busy week of viewing. Yeah. What's busy for you though? Yeah. Cause your, your casual view list last week was, was, <laughs> well, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine films. Nine films and three seasons of TV. So uh, <laughs> three seasons. Yeah. Well, they aren't like full, like twenty-six episode, hour-long episodes or anything. So I, I, I finished the third season of the Leah Remini Scientology series. That that whole thing was was phenomenal. Really? Uh, start, think, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. It's it's fun. Really, re, it's fun watching stuff about awfulness. 
and knowing it's awful. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's more of a it's more of a self informational thing for me than it is for anything else. It's not you know it's not any more you know it's not any different than watching a serial a show about serial killers. You know, you just it's just <laughs> something you're interested in. But you know, I mean, well, seriously, it's a fucking cult. Any way you look at it, I mean, it's plain oh, and simple. Yeah. So was it's it, like, um, was it on Netflix? That's on Netflix. Or... Uh, yeah, the three seasons are on Netflix right now. I think they also might Jesus. be on Hulu as well. Three seasons. For yeah, of, like three uh... seasons, like 10 or 11 episodes each. But they were on A&E originally, I think. So I was, I was yes. watching them, and yes. it really kind of got to be too much because I was just like, you got to be kidding me. with it. I was like, It's this is... the first couple. There's some heavy episodes in it. There's just some heavy, heavy shit in it. I mean, I, I, you know, now they, they've, they've quit doing the show uh, two years ago, and... I guess they do a podcast now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and track that down and see how often they do that. But I guess that her and Mike do a podcast now. And it's just uh, they were it's like primarily Scientology, right? The the just the yes, yeah. Okay, they so started just... a di- they started at the end of the third season. They started to dip their toe into a different into a different lake, and they uh, they invited a bunch of ex Jehovah's Witnesses on to share how the how the how how the two were alike and how the two were different. But it's a little scary how much they're alike. Yeah, <clears throat> I was the I was I was about to check out the vow, which is sort of on that on that level. That's the um, Allison Mack. Um, oh, with Nexium. Yeah, Nexium. Yeah, that's on HBO. So, I, but I haven't I haven't one, gotten into that yet, though. Yeah, there's two of them. So I just saw a review that somebody had put out and said that one was a little better than the other. But I, yeah, like yeah, I'm probably gonna watch both of them anyway. But yeah, um, I'm excited to uh, to check those out. What's his name from uh, Smallville? The uh, Lex Luthor Rosen is it Rosenbaum? Rosenbaum? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he Mike. has a podcast, and he's covered. Oh. He he's covered that stuff extensively, like just, just okay. from from the periphery of just you know yeah. being on the sidelines of it, and uh, right, it's it's pretty fascinating. So that's where that's where I heard about the vow. Um, so I'm I'm about to check that out. The only reason I mention it because it's not part of my mentions for this week is just because it's probably it's probably on par with the wackiness of of uh the the remini series it's probably in the, the same thing vein. with the remini series is, is 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 each season you you think you have a sense of kind of what's going on you think you understand all of all of the you know because they do they do a lot of uh, i don't want to say rehashing but they do a lot of uh going over the same material, talking to the same people, kind of just kind of keeping stuff in people's memory because they they refer back to a lot of stuff that they've done. And by the t- each season just brings to light more and more. And you're just like, I, and, and, and coming from the standpoint of never being hooked into something like this. And obviously you can't, it's impossible to judge somebody, you know, yeah. who's never been involved in that, you know, and you feel bad doing so to an extent, but you're just like, God, how, how do you just get, you know, sucked into that? You know, I've never been, I've never been a person of faith. So I don't have that thing that drives me to believe in something. Um, that's just me. I, I, anyone else, yeah. whatever. That's what well, that's fine. People are free yeah, to do whatever know. the fuck they want. <laughs> that's me because I have people in my family have gotten into all manner of things and they, Everyone's tried to convert me to something at least once. <laughs> I, and I mean, every I've had, and I'm always like, mm, yeah, you know what? I'm good. It seems like a lot of work. <laughs> Not a lot of work, but it's just my thing with religion is like, why well, am I going to listen to the voice in your head? I got enough of mine. I'm like, I, uh, <laughs> 
So as far as movies, oh, so I uh, I started watching the show Alone, uh, which uh, which is good. I like I like survivalist shows, and uh, this is uh, this is actually kind of a kind of you know it's reminiscent of Survivor Man, but uh, a little more extreme because these people just go out and it's basically last man standing. So I actually started with uh, with season six because that season happened to be on Netflix. But they're all the first five seasons uh, are all on Hulu, but only season six is on Netflix or Prime, one of the two. Anyway, reality. uh, Yeah, because what they do is they drop 10 people into an area, you know, all about eight or nine miles from each other so they don't run into each other. But then they just have, you know, they're allowed survival gear. But they're just allowed to stay there basically until there's one person left. So it's like whether people get hurt or they just get sick of being there or they, you know, they, they, uh, they, the medical, they have medical checks every week or every few days. So that if the, the medical team finds something wrong and they're like, we have to take you out because you're going to die in a second. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. Uh, but like, you know, like the the season six that I watched, uh, they went like 70 days or 71 days or something, you know, that these guys were just out there. And well, the thing is, is the last man standing gets half a million dollars. Only half yeah. for all that. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I was telling Steve earlier, people, you know, wandering around the train tracks for way less than that. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way less than that. Yeah. They ain't seen a light of day in, in, in 72 days. <laughs> Yeah, and and they're walking around with no shoes on. The mole people. Chud is more like it. Yeah. Yeah, No one one working seeing that. Theoretically, only theoretically, though, they're not doing that by choice, as opposed to some of them. Some people who go into the woods (laughs) for $500,000. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) So I watched uh, watched season six, and then I watched season one of Alone, and I, I just started season two, so. Uh, I'll have, I'll have probably have the rest of those knocked out by next week. Uh, so then I watched the new, uh, the, the new delightfully, uh, mental, uh, uh, disaster film with, uh, with Gerard Butler Greenland. Oh, okay. It just came out cause I'm a sucker for disaster movies. Um, but it, it's actually far less of a disaster movie than it is, uh, a family drama. And I mean, honestly, for a disaster film, there's there's very little disaster stuff going on. So, well, what could happen in Greenland anyway? You know, well, Greenland is the <laughs> destination that they're oh. trying to get to because they discover that mathematically it's the one place that they figured out that they can be safe at. So from uh, chunks of a comet that are going to hit the Earth. OK. So. <laughs> You couldn't pick a more boring destination than Greenland, but I guess that's science. So, right, but that's your safe house. I mean, why does it have to be exciting? Well, <laughs> it's I don't about... know because it's a fucking movie. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's definitely more about the journey than it is anything. And uh, it the, sounds like it. As I said, the um, I mean, listen, it's got it's got Gerard Butler and Marina Baccarin, and honestly, I'll I'll watch Marina Baccarin oh, do any yeah. do anything uh, for okay. two hours. Okay, now we know why you watched it. At least yeah. you should have just come out and said that at yeah. the beginning. Uh, I finally watched that uh, Chris Hemsworth Netflix extraction film, where he's the kind of the special forces guy, where he goes to uh, free up the the kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I, 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 I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I gotta say it was fun. It was uh, a lot of cool dynamic, uh, camera stuff where like cameras follow people running like through buildings and through walls and falling off of buildings and into cars and out of cars and a lot of, a lot of cool camera trickery, uh, but a very super visual film. I mean, it's yeah. very just grab you and go. I saw that when it came out. It's like one of those Indonesian movies, the way they shot it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it's like. It's like The Raid. Good call. Um, I finally watched uh, The Car from 1977, which I had never seen before. It's uh, it's been on Netflix because Netflix did a... uh, I'm sorry, it's on on Shudder because Shudder did an in-house sequel. It's on Netflix too, I think. Yeah. But uh, but oh, maybe it is Netflix has got the, I don't fuck I don't remember anyway I should yeah, take notes on, on Netflix, I should take notes on where I fucking watch all this shit but anyway yeah. I finally watched the car which was honestly far better than I expect than it had any right to be to be honest um and a, and a very young James Brolin so uh, did you see the sequel no where I James did not Brolin I, got into the restaurant business <sighs> you know what it was called the bar ah. Uh, I thought you. Uh, don't don't there, black hat me. And there goes don't the black hat me, Azan. There goes the black hat. Don't black hat me. Was this oh, a thing? man. <laughs> so uh, I also watched a uh, a British action film called The Take with Idris Elba and uh, uh, John Snow. John Snow. No, I'm sorry, Rob Snow. Rob Snow. <laughs> Rob, Stark. Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Yeah. Rob Snow. Rob Stark. Yes, Rob. After his props, my man. Rob Stark. Uh, Richard Madden. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, which was, uh, it's funny. I actually started it because I was, because I'm like, Idris Elba, how have I not watched this already? <laughs> and uh, I got about 20 minutes into it and realized I watched it, I think, when it came out in 2016. <laughs> so I just sat and watched it again. It was fun. At least you didn't get uh, 20 minutes into it and go, oh, this is why. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, I watched I watched uh, a movie that I don't know how I missed this because, like, you know, like semi quasi religious films are kind of something I really like. And so, a 2003, the Heath Ledger movie, The Order. I heard about it. I'd never seen it before. Oh, yeah. Where he's like this, the priest in this order, and uh, they get sucked into this situation where. Uh, you know, he's dealing with this guy who basically works outside the church and like he, you know, he, by, he's a, he's kind of a, an immortal, but he basically eats people's sins yeah, sin so, that they're, yeah. so they're free to go to heaven without actually being absolved by the church. Steve, you don't remember there was a character in Marvel called Sin Eater? What's carried that? A shotgun? There was a Marvel character called Sin Eater. He carried a shotgun? Old character. He's from like the seventies. It's a it's an no. old Marvel. Yeah, he used to wear this. What, what, well, who who did he? Uh, what what book was he in? Probably like Marvel two and one. He was one of those type of. Oh, movies. okay, it okay. Was, yeah, like the yeah. ones that Scourge killed. He was one of those right, co- right, Cobra right. villains. Yeah, but I, that's why I always remember the name. <laughs> the Sin Eater. <laughs> Where did you get that um, costume from? In that cheap shotgun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I watched a 2015 documentary on Eddie Hall, the British strongman guy, who is, uh, I, I found him infinitely interesting. He does a lot of uh, YouTube videos now and stuff, but I remember you, watching, what? Are you actually watching these or are these 
is a lot of this stuff noise while you're doing other things? Uh, a little of both, but I, I honestly end up watching more of it than I'd like. I, I originally put it on for noise, but I end up getting, end up getting into caught it. up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. For the record, I cannot count anything watched unless I'm only watching it. That's just me, though. Just saying. <laughs> That's fine. That's just you. <laughs> uh, well, on the, well, the thing like with movies, if I haven't seen them before, then yeah, that's you'll watch that, it. Then that's me watching them. But like document right. if documentary if stuff. Before, documentary yeah. stuff, I can I can mostly li- you know mostly listen to, and you know watch some of it and be fine. Well, um well, fine, whatever. You know what? You can fucking have your own judgment. I well, no, I'm just saying, whatever, I'm just... whatever you're fucking. You listed. You listed something you put on for noise the very first week we did this. So go fuck yourself. I um, did. What was? Uh, Fuller House. Oh, yeah, but I don't count that as watched. You listed. You made it in your list. I've been What's watching this? Fuller House. Oh well, we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying it's okay to for you to watch whatever you want anyway. Oh, you thank want. you. I, I just, appreciate that. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, for my. For anything, yeah, yes, have. your own le- your own legitimacy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There you go. I uh, I finally watched David Cronenberg's The Brood from '77. That's one I hadn't wow. seen. One of his early one of his early flicks, and I watched uh, the I can't remember which Fulci is it Lucio Fulci who did The Beyond. It's an Italian giallo from '81, and it's it's fucking utter nonsense. I don't understand how some of those movies people watch those and are like, "Oh, they're so brilliant." I I, I just don't fucking. Get well, they it. had no choices in their countries; they came from it. They're just so fucking strange. Um, and the thing is, is they start off and it looks like they're going someplace, but then all of a sudden you're on a completely different track, and you're like, "Did what happened? Did I miss something? What? How did they just go on all?" They're on a completely different, like, it's like our conversations. It's like we're talking, and then all of a sudden we're talking about something else. They went beyond? The beyond. They did go beyond. And then the last thing I watched was a, uh, there's a Showtime documentary on David Bowie called Finding Fame, uh, which kind of covers his career up through Ziggy Stardust. Where he oh, killed wow. off the killed off the Ziggy Stardust characters, which is uh, was pretty good, and it's all it's all done from like uh, interviews with like the guys who were in his old bands back then, and uh, like actual recordings and interviews and stuff are used as voiceover for a lot of stuff. It's it's pretty it's it's fun to watch. It's uh, it's not super in depth, but I mean, listen, I'll watch anything on Bowie, so it doesn't even matter. So beyond that, and the fact that now we know we're getting Wonder Woman and Christmas Day, and everyone's happy, uh, except for Latham, because that Latham, did not make me happy in any way. I'm very sorry to hear that. Most people became happy over it, though. Yeah, you're general. It's generally accepted to be a, a good thing, but not by you. Some are a little too happy over it, but you know, I'll probably watch it. What else do I got to do on Christmas How, Day? Is, is their happiness impacting your life negatively somehow? Well, no, they're welcome to be happy over it. I just, I think that's a movie you'd want to see in the theater, but yeah, what are you going to do? You can go see in the theater. It's coming out also in the theater. I don't think it is. It It is. is. That day? Yes. Mm -hmm. Same day. Wow. Day and date. So see, now you you feel better, right? You're a little. I feel a little better. I want to go to the theater and sit by myself in a giant empty room as opposed to sitting in a small room by myself. That's enough. (laughs) Thing we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well done, Latham. Well done.
This is my version of it. <laughs> oh, so this is the bit. All right, I got it. Uh, all right. Uh, so, so for so for our Raheem's main film choice, we have Aliens. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. Movement! Talk to me, Hudson! Uh, I got signals, I got readings in front and behind. There's nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving and it ain't us. Get me out of there! How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. Aliens. This time, it's war. From 1986, directed by James Cameron, with a running time of either 137 or 154 minutes. In this action-packed sequel to the horror film Alien, Ripley returns to LV-426 to help a squad of Marines on a search-and-rescue mission, ostensibly as, an ex- as a consultant. Unfortunately, after several bad interactions with the energized xenomorph population, she is once again forced to take things into her own <laughs> hands to save the lives of the few who are left. Raheem, why did you pick Aliens? I picked Aliens because I had this weird obs- obs- obsession with the xenomorphs because I... Pretty sure I never saw the first movie when I by the time I saw the second one. But two subsequent trips to Florida, we went to Disney World with my grandmother. Uh-huh. Some kid had the original Alien doll at like SeaWorld. And I saw that thing and I was like, oh, I want that. And my grandmother was like, yeah, the hell you will. She, <laughs> she, it, it, she was just adamant. She was just like, no. And then there was a wax museum down there that had a, like a, a, an exhibit that was Alien. And I remember just seeing that and I was just like, what? I was just fascinated by that thing from like then. And when Aliens came out, I remember my aunt saw it before I did. And not like now, you know, you say spoilers. My aunt just ran the whole movie down to me. She's like, yeah, and this happened and that happened. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, look, and, and almost point for point though, because she was like, and then this one. So I'm just like, oh, damn, I got to see this. And I probably tricked either my father, my step, well, not tricked, but like my father, my stepfather to go see this movie. And we sat there. How old were you? I was like 12. Okay. Yeah, 80, 86. 86. Yeah, I was 12, like 11 yeah. or 12. But okay. my, my family, we would, I saw a Terminator with my grandmother, and I saw a Conan with my grandmother. But like I said, she would not, she, <laughs> she couldn't, that was the one thing in the world she could not stand was those aliens. So we sat there, and I saw the movie <laughs> around where I live now, even. It was an old movie theater. And it, it was my father. You know why I know? Because we didn't leave. We watched it again. Because he was in, he was like, oh, man, we got, so we didn't leave. And we sat to that movie twice that day. It was one of the f- few movies, like I said, my aunt told me about it. I had built up in my head. And then when I saw it, I was not disappointed. I was just like, this is just the greatest thing ever. It was just like an episode of G.I. Joe, but with dire consequences. It was just the first time, you know, these soldiers go in there and they have all these weapons. And it's just, they don't even get a shot off. They just go in there and it's just like, oh, they're just, they're screwed. And just from the, from the Jump Street, you're like, oh, these, these, guys, these guys are done. And, 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 and they tried, but... It's just <laughs> especially they now so far over their heads because they didn't think what was going on was real. 
which is kind of apropos. Kind of always more so in general. affecting all of us now, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of always, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, in in the macro sense, in the micro sense, there's always those people like I can dive off the stage and they'll catch me. I can, and it's just that, it's just that gung ho. You know, we're Marines or we're you know, we kick ass, yep. and they were all about that. And you were just and you were pumped for those guys because in the original movie, you were like, all right, there was one of them. You know, you and they and that was the good thing about that movie. If you hadn't seen the first one, they ran down what kind of happened. You know, these other people got killed by this alien, da, 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 you know, and. No one took it seriously, like, ah, oh, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. And they go there, and there's just a horde of them. And you're just really rooting for those people to get out of there, but you're just like, they're not getting out of there. You're like, they're, they're, they're screwed. <laughs> and just everything else that happened, the subplots screwed them even more because you had the greed of Burke and the company who were always trying to get, trying to, you know, weaponize those things stupidly, again, thinking, oh, we can control these things when it's like, these things yeah. are some bugs from hell yeah and then you had gorman which i've had to work with a lot of people like that he was a hapless <laughs> a hapless leader we all that, have and meant well but it was just like again his dude they just sent him out there like yeah just go out there and there's some you know go check if the beacon is working and you're gonna go out there and nothing's gonna and he's like okay and you know from the minute oh you gotta you know oh stow your ammo it's like what you know again one of those classic lines what the fuck are you supposed to use harsh language and it's like I was saying, it's like, hey, we're going to go down in this basement. We don't know what's going on. No guns. And again, you send Marines to go do this with no guns. It's like, you could have sent any old slubs to go down there. Yeah, go see what's going on. <laughs> Take a flashlight with you. And, you know, and it's just, and like you said, Ripley, like it was more about, it was about her PTSD and her going out there and facing that. And it's like, you know, because any other person, like, I'm not going out there. I don't care what you offer me. I'm like, no, nah, you know what? You go out there and get killed because you don't believe. And again, you don't believe me. Okay. And they send you back in a bag, and I'm like, oh. well, they tricked her though. Basically, they they dangled a carrot in front of her face. You know, well, I mean, they played the the family's card was really where they got her. I mean, that's that was the whole hook of the whole. Yeah, but they promised to they promised to reinstate her license so she could get a a decent yeah. job. That's that's True. literally you know one of the. I mean, yes, the the, the yeah. passionate angle was it, but they also dangled like because they were showing that she was not living in a good way. You know, just not um, living was a would would have been good enough to stop there. Yeah, yeah. not as far as she's concerned. Hassan goes. I, first. I'm actually going to default out of first position for this, so uh, either Latham or Hassan can go first. I don't whoever which one he wants to go first. Okay, Hassan can go first on this one. This this movie is like uh like Jaws. It's like it's like all the other ones we talked about. It's like um uh Big Trouble in Little China. It's it doesn't exist in a, in a context that I can judge it objectively. I, I watched the first aliens. I watched it with my mom here at home on HBO hundred thousand years ago. And I remember uh, it was a HBO show. So it wasn't going to be able to come on until 10 because it was a rated R movie. That's how they used to do HBO back then. They didn't show rated R movies until wow. after 10. Right. And so I had to, I had to take a nap in order to be up to watch aliens with my, that's how, that's how young I was. And I, I shouldn't have done it because it destroyed my brain. It really <laughs> melted my brain. Um, you also, was, you had not seen the original before. No, I, we, that, that's the first time we watched it. We watched this, this, I'm talking about the, the original. I'm talking about the Ridley Scott original. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. So aliens was a thing that happened. 
you know, I was like, okay. And I survived it and I got through it. And then by the time, like, I think, yeah, we were 12 or 13 by the time aliens came out for me, because I didn't, I didn't have my ear to the ground at all about any of it. And I wasn't, you know, there really was no, there was no internet. Um, and I wasn't reading, I was reading, I think I was reading Starlog magazine, but I wasn't reading Fangoria or anything else like that. So I didn't know about aliens at all until they, until I saw a trailer for it. And that was like maybe three, three weeks before it came out. Okay. So I, I had, I was completely in the dark that they were even making another movie, much less, uh, much less that it was coming out in five minutes. And so I went to see it. I, I forget who I went to see it with, but I went to, to go see that film. And I was in a much better state of mind to be able to deal with uh, all the imagery at that point. I, I think aliens, whether, it, uh, whether it's the extended version or the theatrical version, is probably the closest thing to a perfect movie that I've ever seen. Story-wise, pacing-wise, narrative-wise, motivation for characters. Nobody does anything inexplicably stupid or um, unreasonable. There are a couple of ex machina kind of situations, especially for Newt. But I mean, by the time those things happen, they've already got you, you know, so you don't even care about that stuff. I mean, the, the alien queen, I mean, you can't, I mean, for, for Cameron to be smart enough to up the stakes in a, in a manner of, I'm going to have more than one for this timeout, and then I'm going to still show them something that they haven't seen before which is the alien queen. Now I do know that he basically plagiarized what, what the movie do you mean? from Starship Troopers. So um I think it's a clever theft. Okay. Um oh. but he he did he basically the aliens was a rip from Starship Troopers from the book from the Heinlein book. Um and uh, he just substituted the the alien according to him. This was his this was his assertion. He substituted the aliens for the he substituted the bugs for the aliens because they got the drop ship. They have everything but the armor. You know the the the, the colonial marines didn't have the the uh, well, Heinlein armor. Well, it's interesting you take and you talk about that because I mean he didn't introduce the marines aspect of it into the story. That was never part of his story. That was brought in by Guyler and Hill. They're the ones who suggested having these colonial marines involved. Okay. It was he. He was actually for uh, uh, Cameron's side of the story was based on a script that he had written called Mother, which was about this human alien hybrid off world, and she was you know there was a whole there was a whole other story that 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 feeds into the the foundation of what Aliens is about that he matched up with Guyler and Hill's original idea, and then at the time. Because he was basically, he 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 didn't have time to finish the first draft of the script. He turned in the the first draft to Guyler and Hill unfinished. He basically he gave him the first ninety pages. He said, "I've got to go. I've got to go shoot Terminator. I can't give you this finished." And they're just like, and basically the studio read the script and was like, "That's fine. We'll wait." They're like, we're perfectly okay with that. Just go do what you got to do. And by the time they came back, you know, he was writing, you know, he had, you know, when he came back to write 
you know, I'm sorry, when he was working on the Terminator script, he was also working on the alien script. He got hired to write Rambo first blood part two. And he told Guyler and Hill that he had just been hired to do that. So he didn't know if he was going to be able to do the aliens job. And they're like, just take both. So I remember an interview with him at one point, he had three desks in his office and on, on one desk, he had the Terminator on one desk. He was working yes. on Rambo nuts. and on another Just desk, nuts. he was working on aliens. It's like, that's a, that's a fucking hell of an office. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, go on. I watched that movie again this week, but I, I it was back. I've seen a movie about, you know, uncountable uh, times. Yeah. I, so it was mostly background noise, but I do remember like uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe six months ago. I watched the movie again. I watched the the extended version from the quadrilogy mm-hmm. box set or whatever. And uh, I it was, it was one of those uh, moments where you actually just watch it. You don't you don't just listen to it or you sit there and quote it or wait for your favorite moments. You just watch it all the way through. And I just remember like this is this is like almost a perfect movie. Like there's there's nothing I, I as, as I told you guys before, I watched uh, The Crow again. It was one of my favorite movies when I was back, you know, when I was 20, back in 1994, 95, I think the movie came out. And I watched it again recently, and it's still a good movie, but it's much, it's a much less tighter movie than I thought it was. It's much more clunkier. Uh, you know, it's much, the, the strings are more, much more apparent to me than they were before because I had, I romanticized most of it. You know, I don't know. Um, Watching aliens again, everything was exactly as I remember it from, from when I was 13 years old watching it for that first time, you know, even when you scrutinize, even when you see things, even when you know that he filmed all the, you know, all the aliens in the ceiling uh, upside down and they were actually crawling forward or, you know, even when, you know, he took uh, the, 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 the transparent shell casing off of the alien heads to make them more uh, terrifying, even all those little stupid things, you know, like when, even though you, the, the filament that's in uh, uh, Lance Hendricks's chest that pulls the, the alien queen's uh, tail through his chest, even when you know these things, it's still like I, this is this is perfect, you know. Even when you know it's a man, a giant man, standing behind Sigourney Weaver in the in the in the load lifter thing to make that thing seem like it works, you can't see it. You can't. You, it's flawless, in my opinion, and um, and you don't care. You just get caught up in it. You you do not see the strings. Um, a lot of movies, when you find out how they make it, sometimes you can't see anything but the, the, you know, the trick after that, you can, you can't see anything but the behind the scenes revelation of how most of these things came about, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, yeah, this is, this, this review kind of, my review kind of sucks because it's just, I'm just gushing about it, but I I really do. I can't imagine that movie with James Raymar. I keep trying. That's the only thing I try to do is try to remember Try to try to imagine James Raymar instead of uh, Michael Bean, and I, yeah, I can't really do it. And you know the thing with that too, Michael Bean still had that Kyle Reese vibe to him, so you were just kind of like, 
because he was a guy you rooted for in Terminator, and you know you're like he got. <laughs> I'll, I'll, full disclosure, yeah. I didn't even recognize him from Terminator. Really? Yeah, I was, he was just another. He was I, he was another face to me when I watched it. I wasn't when I was thirteen. I wasn't scrutin. I I didn't I didn't know names of actors and stuff like that from movies. I didn't even know that Cameron was the same guy who directed uh, Terminator at the time. You know, all the all the knowledge I got would be would come later as I started to become obsessive about all this stuff. So you certainly the, didn't recognize Lance Henriksen then. No, not from Terminator. No, right. I did not. Um, I did recognize Lance Hendrickson in Near Dark and, yeah, uh, and, and Jeanette, uh, Jeanette Goldstein and well, it was a year Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah, that was like, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> this is the whole then, cast no, of aliens. But I remember Bill Paxton from Weird Science. Well, no, but I mean, I didn't, I, I wasn't, okay, another, uh, another kind of ironic thing. The, the first film that I ever received uh, a special edition um, director's cut of was Aliens. I went yeah, to you gave me a copy. Yes, that was yeah, when I, I went to Charles, who who Steve also knows. I went to his house. He had a he had a VHS uh, copy of the the two tape the, copy the floppy yeah. disc. Yeah, no, the floppy disc. The, the, no, the uh, laser the, disc. The laser disc. Oh, the laser disc. The, the, big, okay. the record. Yeah. The yeah. giant record. <laughs> the video record. DVDs and, before they shrunk them. Yes, yes. <laughs> Things are too I, big. I remember. I do remember one time I was sitting with a friend of mine, really, really quick sidebar, sitting with a friend of mine, and we were talking, and he was at uh, uh, his job was like a factory or something like that. And there was this guy, uh, uh, Neil, who was like a Cliff Clavin type guy who just knew everything. Hey, and at one me. point, and Yeah, exactly. One point, Jim and I were eating. And the guy came over and he was talking about us, talking to us about something. And he said, "Hey, you know, very soon they're gonna have uh, uh, they're gonna have laser disc movies on uh, on laser discs as small as uh, as as uh, as compact discs. You know, your CDs they're gonna be they're gonna carry movies on them soon." And and we were like, oh, "That's nice, Neil. Go away." And he went and left. We're like, "This idiot doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about." And then, sure enough, like. Literally a year later, you're like fucking Neil, (laughs) and I'm like, do you still know that guy? Because I want to know what else he knows. Yeah, (laughs) he's our Nostradamus for fuck's sake. We we could have bought stock. What the hell? We could have bought stock. There's gonna be a company, right? And they're gonna deliver everything to your house. (laughs) Everything. Go away, Neil. Go away, Neil. (laughs) Throwing rocks at him. But yeah, but the the alias thing when the the VHS uh, copy that was made for me from the from the giant laser disc was the was the the door that opened uh, for me of wait there's there's more to movies than just what I saw in the theater you know there's deleted scenes there's a director's cut there's a comment there was like a whole I mean, that laser disc had his script on it yeah. it had a, it had interviews with um with uh, with Cameron and he was explaining exactly you know all the 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 concepts and ideas behind it and it was just it just opened the door that's where the floodgate they really took advantage like, of the of the media that was uh, they were like honestly that's one of the first the first films to really engage with that medium and and really deliver on it and it's funny now in a world where director's cuts didn't really exist that that movie came out and now the special edition for all intents and purposes 
is really the normal edition. Uh, the yeah. theatrical version really doesn't get shown very often. Because it's not a, I mean, look, it's a, it's a, it's still a good movie. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of in the same vein as, in my opinion, of Kingdom of Heaven, where even the, the, the truncated version is a decent watch, you know, it's sure. not, it's not the same, but it's not so, it's not so snipped and clipped that it's unwatchable. Say like, in my opinion, Wolfman. Which, if you've never seen the extended version, I have not. It's it's a waste. It's a the 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 theatrical version is a waste. The extended version is a thousand times better. It's it's I think I it's have a superior movie. Yeah, the Benicio del Toro, Albert Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's comparable to uh, Coppola's Dracula. That's how good oh, it know. is. You know. You know what? I do have the DVD because I had the DVD and people told me oh, that movie sucked and I was like oh, it was okay, but I saw it at home. Ah, so, yeah. I saw it in a theater, it, and it was like, "What is this? This is this. This is almost a movie." You know, it's not. It wasn't even. <laughs> it wasn't even that good. It was like this movie would have been good if there was like an extra hour to it, and and like you know, actual deaths in it and stuff like that. But um, I mean, it's night and day. The two versions are night and day. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like the director's cut of. Uh, although I don't compare it to this, but it's kind of like the director's cut of of Daredevil, where it's like. There's an there's an entire storyline in the theatrical uh, that is not in the theatrical version of Daredevil that is in the director's cut. It's a completely yeah. different movie. It's still a garbage movie, but it means it's a completely different experience. It's a different garbage movie. Yes, it's a complete. It's a it's a more enjoyable garbage movie than than enjoy- you know just plain garbage. It's better smelling garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's not food waste garbage. But yeah, Aliens was a. Aliens was a linchpin to pretty much all of this, you know. I've it's 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 safe to say I wouldn't be sitting here talking about all these movies now if it wasn't for discovering how much more to movies there were than just the movie. And that was that was uh, the movie Alien opened that door. Um it's you a know, fantastic film. Yep. You know what's funny about Aliens when they did bring out that other cut, they showed parts of the theatrical version on the TV cut mm-hmm. because they had to cut some of the gore out. So then they had the auto cannon scene. I remember someone yep. asked me, they were like, they were like, what is all of this in this, in the televised version? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that's the, that's the stuff they cut out. And that's again, when people were like, what do you mean cut out? That was again. People were like, what do you mean they cut the movie? I'm like, yeah, they cut the, the only other movie I saw like that, that was significantly different uh, on television was Superman. That's right. Because there was a, there's a ton of, there was a ton of stuff in Superman that was cut out of the actual theatrical version of Superman. And they showed it on channel seven because, you know, I don't know why, because they had to extend it so that they can make it a, they could put the commercial. Yeah. Yeah. They could put, so, you know, it was kind of a, a little known fact when we were young, that if you catch a movie on television, if they televise a movie, there's probably, there might be extra um, footage in there that you didn't see in the theater. I mean, come on, man. That those, those auto cannons, all, all the ideas in it they are so simplistic and they're common now. You know, you watch a movie now, it's, it's kind of hard to go back to a, a time where you only read about that kind of stuff in comic books. And in, in, in a Cameron movie, the comic book was actually alive. Like, wait a minute, this is what auto cannons would look like if, you know, all the G.I. Joe and, and, and <laughs> Transformers sure. comics I read, you know, this is, this is what that crap would look like. You know, these are, these are what, uh, you know, plasma rifles look like, you know, these are, 
you know, although I don't know if I would, I, I, I understand the conceit of it. I don't know if I would put uh, the, the actual number of how many rounds you have left on the side of your rifle for whoever's shooting at you to know exactly <laughs> how, how, much, how many bullets you have left. Well, but Well, you, that's what else I find funny about this movie. Like the part when they, like, they have the helmet cams, like you see all that going on. They have the like, the, you know, the life meters, mm-hmm. the thing on the guns. That is all video game stuff now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, is, that is that is just like stock in most video. And I was when I was I was watching now, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, almost a lot of sh- a lot of the first first person shooters. I'm like, took a lot from this whole thing, yeah. and just you know, but they could well, they got a couple of Alien games right. It's a- I had that I had an Aliens game for the Commodore that was just that's how much I was in there. <laughs> the Commodore, terrible, yeah, yes. <laughs> There was a there was a there was a, a Sega Alien Three game that was actually pretty good. It was it was it was it was not a it was a platform. Yeah, platform. Thank you, platform game. It wasn't that intricate, but it was it was hard as heck, and it was a little scary. It was it literally was like the lower down into the 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 <laughs> complex you go in order to find Newt. The worse it started to get, and it was Alien Three. I don't know why Newt was there, but it doesn't matter. That's most video games. It don't matter. Well, well as long as it's not based on the film, who cares? Yeah, I mean that's that's how life was back then. You know, we, mm-hmm. we didn't get we didn't get uh, uh, exact or decent translations of movies at all. Nobody right. and nobody was that particular. We weren't. We were like, ah, yeah. oh, this is another game. Okay, I'll, I'll play it. Yeah, uh, we're happy with what we got. <laughs> I I don't really I can't I I don't have any more to say about it. I, I don't have anything. It's, okay. it's it's perfect. All right, Lex. And don't forget Xenophobe too. That was a video game where Xenophobe was great. Yes. That was a great game. And they oh, yeah. I don't know how they, they the main alien in that looked just like the alien. Yeah, they kind of you could, used to be able to get away with that though back then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that point. Yeah. All right. So along with Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is the best movie to show to someone who has never seen it while you can watch it along with them and enjoy watching them react to everything they're seeing for the first time. Um, I don't think there is any movie, at least one that I've seen or can compare it to, maybe, maybe Fury Road that does everything perfectly and gets an incredible performance out of a female lead that carries the entire movie. I remember, you know, early 80s is when I started well, getting into the well, Oscars. Well, this and, and The Last Jedi, of course, right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. By The Last Jedi, he <laughs> yes. means not naming oh. a film. <laughs> Oh, boy. I started getting into Oscars (laughs) and Academy Awards early 80s uh, when I started, you know, just getting really into movies. And I remember the moment where I, you know, I got up in the morning when they announced the Oscar nominations for whatever year it was. And I remember when they announced, you know, Best Actress for 86 and they listed Sigourney Weaver. And I was just like, that is the coolest fucking thing that that organization has ever done in their existence they've never (laughs) nominated anyone in a sci-fi action movie before and boy did she deserve it and i mean he cameron got that performance out of her and did everything else and that is a 
you know, once once or three times in movie history combo that I don't think has ever been equaled. Um, everything holds up today, the effects, the action, the editing, the sets, the, you know, that nothing, nothing feels like it's an old movie. Uh, and that's a testament to Cameron. I like how, again, like the scenes that were cut out and then put in the, uh, in the extended version. I, I prefer the extended version. I, you know, I love, love the original. And then when I saw the extended version, I love that one even better. The, the automatic gun sequences. I mean, it's, you're watching it. And if you're a fan of the movie, you're like, I get why they cut it out, but wow, this is a scene that needed to stay in. It's great. It connects uh, a little part of the film and, and it's suspenseful and, that's how good this was. They could cut out stuff that was awesome and still have it be great in their theatrical release. You know, no one was ready for the ending, the true ending in this film, the second ending when it happened. And when you're in, you know, I remember being in the theater and my mouth was just on the floor when Bishop gets ripped apart and like where the, you're lit. You were literally like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, what the fuck just happened? And then I'm like, Yep. Oh, oh, she's fucked. They're fucked. Like, I really <laughs> didn't. I thought they were going to end it like a horror movie, like, haha, the alien wins. That's how fooled I was at, at 15 years old. And, you know, it's, <clears throat> there's, there's no flaws in this movie. It's, it's in my top 10. Uh, it would be hard to get it out of it. It's, um, it's something anyone can enjoy if you're not a sci-fi fan or an action fan, you can just watch Sigourney Weaver, you know, chew up her performance the entire time. And the, all the supporting people are great. And, you know, another testament is you remember, you know, after, once you're a fan of this, you remember the names of all the Marines and even the ones yeah. that you saw once and they died. Like, where's Baskey? I'll never forget his name, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> barely in the film, but he's one of the Marines that dies. Spunkmeyer. And it's and Spunkmeyer. And that's how, you know, just choosing names of characters and, and being careful like that, instead of throwing that to the wind and, and hoping you get lucky with whatever, you know, basic name you use. They, they took their time with every aspect of this and it's, it's a joy to watch. I I can, it never gets old to turn it on at any point and continue on with it. And I'll forever recommend it as one of my favorite films. It's kind of the weird thing about the, um, about proper narrative is uh they they go through the motion of uh showing you the load lifter earlier and showing you that ripley was able to use it and then it it, the way that seems constructed is constructed well enough so that if they never came back to it it would have still worked yeah it would have still worked you would have understood okay this is just her proving to the sergeant and the and the and the corporal that she's capable and that she knows what she's doing. So that later when we see her using equipment, yeah. No one knew it was foreshadowing. It was to show her character as a little tougher and that that's brilliant writing and, and brilliant plotting. Yeah. But then when she, when she goes to get it at the end, at that, at that, that crazy ending that you were talking about, you, it kind of, you kind of go, Oh Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she's. Yeah, it's like it's not. 
it's not like kind of a surprise. It's kind of like a, it, it, you kind of go, oh yeah, that's why they told us that, you know, it, it's, but it's weird. It's not, it's not, a not conceit. It's yeah. Not a conceit. It, it's, it's, but so it feels well, right. Smooth, smoothly constructed and, you know, they, they do that with a lot of the, uh, you know, for, for the things they connected from aliens. Cameron was just careful, like, okay, we had one alien in the first one. Guess what? We're going to have fucking 80 in this one. And then we're going to have on top of that a mother. And, you know, other other plot things from the original that are escaping me right now that, you know, just little things that connected that made you realize he all the effort he put in to, yeah. to make this you know the cameron's a genius when jonesy is in the sequel you yeah. know when he's, he's his attention to detail when when the cat the goddamn cat is in the actual next movie and you yeah, know and, that and only that, no. I'll, I'll tell you something that and here's a direct a direct tie-in to the original film which i had never noticed before my watch this time around that they actually took the time to have this detail and you can go back and look and it's there when they come across the narcissus at the beginning the salvage team and they pull it up in and they they do the laser cut around the door as soon as that laser starts or the whatever the acetylene torch whatever plasma torch starts cutting the door open right right it lights up that whole little portico where the door is. If you look at the floor, at the base of the door panel, the gun that gets wedged in the door when she shoots the alien out of the shuttle it's is wedged there. underneath the door. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's... And I'll tell you this about the Narcissus. They didn't have any of the Narcissus models or anything from the Narcissus that they could find nothing left from the original film. So the Narcissus model that they built for aliens was completely built from scratch, just from looking at stills from alien. Like they just like, this is as close as we can get. And the whole layout of the inside of the shuttle was all taken from shots from Ridley Scott's film that they just did. Like they said, well, we're going to match it as best we can. And then I just remembered, okay, the, the main thing, the biggest thing they take from Alien and Cameron exploits plot-wise and to, to fool the audience is Bishop. Because in the first movie, mm-hmm, right. you don't know someone someone's the android, and then you find out they are, and they're bad. And in this one, you find out, but you don't know if they're bad or good or what they're going to do. And that's on your mind the whole movie. Yep. The whole movie, at multiple times, that's... That's brilliant. Plot. Yeah, no matter how many times he comes through for them, you're still, you're still, you're, it's still, you still have that there. confirmation bias. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> any minute now, though, this guy's I mean, gonna fuck us all over. When they're walking at the end, when you're, you know, when they're walking before he gets speared by the alien's tail, where you know, you, you may be like, the you're android like, oh, here it comes. Hasn't really done his bad thing yet? Is he about to do it right now? And they're playing and that, that nice music, that doodly doo doo doo. Yeah, yeah, the music <laughs> is key there too. Uh, who did the music, Horner? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Horner's, it's, it's yeah, James a Horner. fantastic score. Yeah, he, Every well, he was he was rushed, so he took a bunch of stuff from other scores. Yeah, he has a bunch of st- he has stuff he's, in there from he's Star Trek too. He was. He is, he was yeah. He was bitter about that that score. Yeah, yeah, he um, is. Wow. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. There's a, there's a great mo- uh, uh, poetry in motion when the, the tail goes through Bishop. And the next thing you see is, is like Ripley, like literally knock Newt, Newt over to get yes. her out of the, you know? Yeah. And then basically Bishop, she's holding on to Bishop and Bishop is trying to push her away as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, while he's, while he's being ripped apart. Um, it's good. It's a good fucking stuff. Man. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to, I get angry when I, I no, you know, I don't get angry. I've never met anyone who doesn't like this movie. And if, if I finally meet them, you we punch will, him, you punch him in the face. Physicality. Don't we talk about not incriminating like ourselves? That's right. That's right. Required <laughs> to like it. And if you don't, you need to find me by way of this podcast. Wow. <laughs> you need to fucking find me. Raheem, you kept trying to say something. You kept trying okay. to. No. Um, the thing about this movie and like with the series, but this movie especially that I look at now, the aliens weren't really the villain. Burke and the company were. The aliens are just like there. And you get that when the fact that, you know, they're doing what they do. They're instinctual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the whole thing about with, with um the, the queen and Ripley at the end was like it was that motherly thing because she yes. begged off when she was gonna burn the eggs up. Right. But I mean, Ripley yeah, they well, killed the colonists, but the colonists invaded their territory. So, yeah, well, no, but no, Burke well, sent them to the ship. They would have never. They 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 weren't just wandering around. Yeah, they like they, left alone. Yeah, yeah because I mean, the way the way that the the Newt's family finds them, he they it's it's an excursion to get there. They would never have stumbled. I mean, maybe a couple of you know a couple of decades later, as they expanded, they would have stumbled onto that ship, but. <clears throat> From where they were at that point, they that wasn't going to be an accidental find. You know, right. someone actually had to send them there to find. To, right. To and you find out it was Burke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's uh, a great point. Crazy. So, so as as most of anyone who knows me knows, uh, I am a unabashed alien enthusiast. And uh, <laughs> Alien is one of my two favorite films of all time. You know, I, I I get into a lot of arguments with people, uh, ostensibly online, because that's where you argue with people, um, <laughs> about, uh, you know, people like to claim, you know, which one is better. You know, everyone's always has to have a which one is better when it comes down to alien and aliens. And I don't have a better because they aren't this. I don't I can't compare them. Because they aren't the same kind of film, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare Citizen Kane to The Exorcist because it's not the same kind of film. Okay, uh, and that's very much the difference between these two films. One is a one is a haunted house movie set in a spaceship. It's a horror film, plain and simple. This is uh, this is an entirely different animal. This is an action sci-fi. I don't consider this film scary in any way, shape, or form. I, I think this is the one of the the single best action sci-fi film of all time. No part is scary. I don't. I didn't find this movie scary in any way. I wow. I, I think this is a great. This is just a great action sci-fi movie with with aliens. But I mean, I don't. I don't get scared by films. So I mean, that's. You know, I, I see people where they consider all the alien films horror films, but it's I, I don't it's hard for me to call this a horror film. Well, it's not. I mean, it, it's I understand. Not I understand that. It is. I understand that it can be put into that category, but I have a hard time thinking of it as a horror film. Okay. I always call it a war movie. Like, you know, if 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 anything, it was a thriller. 
you know, the more yeah. so than a than a horror film. But um, but yeah, no, but I can't I can't say the other thing. I I, I got I got gotcha. scared plenty. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When watching that film, first time I, I mean, saw it, I was scared shitless. Yeah. I don't. A couple other things. I mean, it's not. You were a lot older than me, though, Steve. You were like seventeen or eighteen, so you probably weren't that scared. Oh. <laughs> and I, I had seen Alien in the theater, so at, at eleven. So I, you know, and the <laughs> the whole thing of, I mean, listen, I used to re- read Fangoria and Starlog religiously. So I mean, I the 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 idea of of makeup and filmmaking were so in my wheelhouse that you know I, I went into that stuff and devoured everything I could get my hands on, and I didn't go into a movie and think, oh my god, this guy's gonna, you know, Freddie's gonna kill me in my sleep. I went in going you know, how many, how many different ways have they come up with to kill somebody and how gory will it be? Uh, you know, and I was just excited to see this, you know, the, the scenes based on the stills that I had seen in Fangoria that month. Um, so one of the things I noticed more and, and thought about this time watching it, like, like Hassan, I've seen this film countless, literally countless times uh, in both pieces, bits and pieces and full A to Z watchings. And I, I liked that when they when they first go into the nest, uh, you know, and I never thought about this before, but the aliens have taken sublevel three and terraformed it the same way that they, that they were terraforming the planet to make it livable for humans. And they just sort of like, ah, we're going to take sublevel three and kind of make that our own place. Never you mind. <laughs> you know, they just they just, you know, comment about, oh, they've been busy, you know, but it's like, <laughs> no, nah, they were actually terraforming. They were, they were turning yeah. it into the inside of the uh, of the of the derelict ship. You know, you're making and you're making a hive for them. There you go. Um, another right. another great uh, point of detail is uh, Ripley telling Newt to go into the back as soon as they start seeing dead bodies. Yes, you know, absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, so uh, there's a there's there's a short list of things that I absolutely adore about this film. Um, one is the scene where right before uh, Hudson flips out the first, well, the second time. And he, and he <laughs> says, you know, why don't we put her in charge when, when he, when, when Ripley says, you know, this little girl survived longer than that on her own with no training. And she looks down at her and she just turns to look at Hudson and salutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like that scene. I, I, I fucking love that. I think that is an, an absolute moment and it's so quick. It's just so fast. And then, you yeah. know, and then he's like, you know, of course, just sets him off. You know, why, why don't we put her in charge? <laughs> um, oh, when they crash and she asks Newt if she's okay. And Newt just gives her the thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Like, they're really quiet. <laughs> and she's just a thumbs up. She's good. <laughs> yeah. um, Latham, Latham touched on this already. But the, the absolute correct tone of every single character in this film, there is nobody in this film that doesn't feel right. Yeah, that you don't buy. There, you yeah, buy there's. Everything. I mean, every single character plays is 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 consistent and correct all the way through. There's nobody like. There's just nobody out of place in this film, which is so rare. Usually, you get people who come in for a day shoot and they're there and they they drop their little bit and you're like, all right, fine. They had to get them in here, you know. And Eric Roberts shows up at the beginning of this low budget movie <laughs> because that way they can put Eric Roberts' name at the top of the credits and they're like, Eric Roberts in this movie, great. Eric Roberts at the top and he gets killed three minutes in and who gives a shit? Or he but, kills somebody. Three or he kills in. somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Off camera. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, another thing that I absolutely, again, absolutely love in this is the scene when Bishop is getting ready to go into the pipe and, you know, he's in there and, and Vasquez cocks the 45 puts one in the pipe, hands him the pistol. He looks at the gun with this look of what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? And he just hands it to Ripley. It's a game of musical chairs, but with the 45 and then Vasquez hands him the thing. And then she goes into the tube and she seals him up. And I'm just like, I, I just love that little, that little bit of play of, of just between the three of them. I may be synthetic, but I'm not stupid. Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. Bishop should go. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's another great point, Hassan, is how do you mix in with all of this, like, 15 genuinely real laugh-out-loud funny lines? I mean, yep. you've got yep. everything working in this. There's the, so the much comedy cr- is working amidst this. There is I mean, so much from this film that has become canon in the world of just generalized pop culture and quotability. Absolutely. Uh the just the phrase nuke from orbit yeah. is just a common phrase that people use now when they just want to eliminate something entirely. I use it all the time on Facebook. When I when I don't like whatever's being said, I that's my first statement is just nuke nuke that from orbit. Nuke the entire site from orbit. That's, that's yep. all from that's from aliens. It's amazing. You, know, you don't see them I, fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage. Yeah. What a line. Another thing, though, you got you to touch on, too, about, like, just the visuals and, this, and, like, what makes this so, I think, people remember it. Like I was saying, when I first saw the creature, it's Giger's design, the biomechanical design, mm-hmm. which is something else that I got into his art after that, you know. <laughs> Rabbit hole. A, a lot. <laughs> I, went to, I, went to, I went to the Met when they had the, had the show on years nice. ago. It's like, I was, I was, re- I, even when I draw stuff, I tried to rip it off, but it's like, all like that whole design he has, the biomechanical, and like the only other thing I think they had it was I know he did it for species. Yep. And you know they they, they kind of steal they kind of steal a little bit for other things, but that's part of what makes like especially like when they go in like the cocoon scene and everything else. Yeah. That design I think is what freaks people out. That's what I think my grandmother didn't like. It's something organic, but not. It's humanoid, but not. It's unsettling. Yeah, it's and, it's and familiar it, in all the bad ways, in all the yeah, wrong it's ways. It's familiar in a shadowy way. It's not an animal. It's not a person. It's skeletal, and that's part of what from the first movie into this one. And I think that's why the extra set of jaws that come out of the mouth. Yeah, the teeth. The, and in this movie, this is the first time you really saw them explode when they popped, when they shot yeah. them, and the acid's flying everywhere because that was just like, oh, it's dripping and making holes. And it, but, you know, they're, they're just exploding all over everybody. And, you know, and it's like a defense mechanism you would see in nature. And, you know, that's something that Cameron thought of that, you know, get, it gets built on later. But, you know, the, the mythology and the, the mystique of the creatures, which is why you always see them over oh, there, the villain in the movie, when in most of the movies, they're really not. I do something that gets loose. I do remember thinking when, especially when, uh, when Drake shot the alien and it sprayed all over him, and then he turned around and he was mangled. And I'm like, you can't even fucking kill them without getting killed, right? You know, like you can't, like you can't even fight these because clearly the Marines were way better equipped than Ripley was in movie one. 
when you know the the Nostromo was in movie one, right? Mm-hmm. So you're figuring, all right, there's a lot of them, but this movie's going to be about how we're going to overcome this, and you know we're going to find a way to overcome it. And then as you watch slowly, kind of like the same dawning that comes over you in Saving Private Ryan when you're like, Dude, I don't think these guys are going to win this battle, right? Yeah. When, when, especially when Drake Drake's got the fucking mini cannon. Um, he he. I think he purged it by then, but um, yeah, he had another gun. Yeah, but Vasquez is the one yeah. who shot him with a minigun, right? Yes. With the with yeah. the from the from the, from the yeah, APC. and and he gets sprayed, and you're like, you can't, and, and that's like, what yeah. what's great about that? That's a hero moment, right? Because she's calling for him. The thing turns, she blows it away. So you're like, yeah, and then it turns out to be it turns out to be the thing that kills Drake, and it's just it it's such a quick you know, turnaround where it's not. Yep. And also the, the, you know, Hudson like sticks the shotgun in the alien's mouth. And that's another, no that's another crowd pleaser, but then he oh, almost that. ripped his arm off. It almost burned his own burned arm him. off, you know? So it's like, you can't even fucking kill these things without. Well, the without serious... troopers. Yeah. You think you're killing them. And if they get to, they get up on you and it's just, you know, I'm going to take you with me. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what happens it's just, well, well, some something figured out how to kill him, but that's a whole other movie and a whole other. In thing, in the in the third movie, um, just to just to keep it, I think one of the things that held over from this is when the prisoner says, "Is this thing going to try for? Is this mother going to try for all of us?" And Ripley's like, she just nods, like, "Yeah, <laughs> these things, yeah. these things are 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 a whole a whole different kind of hell that you, you, yeah, you're done until." Yeah, you, it's it's all instinct is all it yeah, is. It's, it's you do pure, not understand what you're dealing with here. The explanation from the first film by Ash is still like the canon of how the, you know it's it's a pure it's a perfect creature, but it's it's pure instinct. Yeah, uh, Rahim, just a, as a point of reference, how long was it until you saw the original? Probably right after that because I probably <laughs> sorted out more because like I and it was weird. I, it was just that one. It was like it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was elusive for so long. I had seen everything else, the Exorcist, Terminator. It's like I had seen all the other movies, but I, it was Alien in that one for some strange reason. <laughs> it, it just it never clicked over until I finally saw it, and you know, you finally then you see it like five thousand times because it's like you know, right? Because I I don't remember Alien being on cable a lot. I really don't. I don't recall it being on a lot back in the eighties well, and nineties. Well, back when we were kids, those movies didn't come on until late night, until after yeah, nine or then, ten. I just swear I don't remember. I because I used to be you know you know me I was I I never yeah, I never you never did, did what I was supposed to do yeah <laughs> so it was like I just that's why I'm like I don't know how it really took me that long to see that movie. Okay, uh, one of those things. One of the, one of the things I discovered. Uh, oh, the last thing that about this film that I absolutely love uh, is the line from Bishop uh, at the end, at his last line, which is not bad for a human, which is just. <laughs> You know, it's also the title of Hendrickson by autobiography. Really? Yes. Wow. It should be. And uh, it's just uh, that line. That line nails me every time, every single time. I that just, and I that just... last little bit of uh, of self sacrifice, where he's the one who catches Newt. You know. Oh yeah. Even yeah. though yeah. he's a yeah. he's a half body, like hanging on. Yeah. With with his. But she's claws. sliding by, and it's like. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. That, that moment gets you. That's a big moment. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like. That's huge. Um, an interesting bit I found out, and and this ties 
this ties directly into uh, Vasquez and Drake's relationship, which I always thought was great in the movie because they were the two smart gun operators. So you, you all, you, you just assumed that there was, you know, there was sort of like their own sort of elite kind of side thing. And that's why they kind of behaved the way they did together. And, you know, Oh, you're such a badass," And she gives him a little slap and, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, it's a little, little playful banter between them. So according to the shooting script, the characters of Vasquez and Drake actually grew up together in a Hispanic slum and were drafted into the Marines out of juvenile prison, wow. which, which just makes the story behind the two characters now so oh, much more yeah. awesome. Just yeah. so much and sad, just and so much. Tragic. Yeah. Sad, of course, but like just still so much cooler because you think how much fun did those two have over the course of their lives you know, obviously leading up till that point, but just, you know, that those characterizations and that's exactly the way they come across. When you hear that, that just makes total sense. It just absolutely yeah. falls into place. Um, this yeah. film has still uh, the single best practical effects mat shot I've ever seen in a film. Oh yeah. And, car, it's, the- and it still holds up today. The dropship, the dropship crashing and them running in front of it. And I did some research and found out what the actual, what the actual thing, what the actual, how they actually did it. It's something called process photography. So what they had done is they had shot the footage of the dropship crashing as a miniature beforehand. And what they did is they projected that onto a screen and filmed that live and then in post, they adjust the coloring to make sure everything match up. And yes, it's the tiniest. You can tell that it is, an, it is it is an effect shot, but it's still the cleanest example of that kind of thing. He does process photography at least two other times in this film that I was able to see. And neither of them are as remotely close to perfect as that one is. I mean, this is this was an. I mean, this was this was a time when they had essentially given up on that that sort of process because they had everything had gone to blue and green screen, right? And no one did process photography anymore. But the fact is, the Cameron was so good at it, is he was still willing to do stuff like that in his filming because he, you know, he knew he could pull it off. Um, and that's still that scene to me today still is just an amazing thing to watch to come out of 1986 when there was no CG, you know, or they're not CG to the level that we're accustomed to now. Um, no CG in that drop, that, yeah. that entire drop ship sequence. In that, there's no, C, in there's no CG in the film. Yeah, but I'm saying that, that there's no CG period, but that drop ship oh, sequence oh. is just fucking yeah. wonderful all the way yeah. from... All the way from them loading into the play, into it, Bishop backing the APC into the, into, uh, I mean, all of it is just like, wow, this well, is that was technically. A, that was a miniature. Yeah, but I mean, it's, miniatures, yeah. I'm just saying the way the scene is put together. Yes. And then there's a, there's, if you listen to the soundtrack of uh, the Horner's soundtrack, there's a, there's a whole score. There's a giant yeah, the crescendo score. and all of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and they cut it and they just made it into the, the drums. They just, they, they literally cut yes. that sequence out and Into then just left the ta- drums there. Ta- 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 yeah, uh, and that that made it even ta- 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 more. And it's tense too because you yep. kind of you you don't know what's going to happen, but you do know something bad is going to happen. You know, you just don't yep. know. You don't know how. It's just right. 
It's great. No, they they build it. They make they make you wait for it. Like that's the thing. You they they're loading up all these weapons. They have all these missiles yeah. and and when and when Hicks is when Hudson's on the thing, he's talking about yeah, we got plasma cannons. And, we, and that's why watching it again, I was laughing. Wow. I'm like I said, I was like I said, you did not get a lick off of anything. <laughs> they had missiles on on on, on the dropship. I'm like, you did not even pop I'll, one shot. I'll off tell you, it's funny that. you brought that speech up because that is the only deleted scene i would take out of the film that is the only thing is that whole sequence where he's running around the inside of the drop ship bragging about everything yeah, yeah. and i don't I would not because... take that out what's that i would not take that out okay i like it okay um but even even initially on the ship they, they I, you, you don't know i mean you notice it later now especially they have these giant like cruise missiles and all yeah. this and, and, you're, and you're just like wow that is a slingshot yeah it, i was like i was like the only well, that is like, that is the only one thing that in, the, in the film that that does bug me, but it's not it's not it's it's kind of the bureaucratic stupidity that you've seen so many times that you it, it's not out of character. But just that after all the stuff that they go through, and after after all the 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 patrols and setting up a perimeter or whatever, they just sit there and leave that drop ship wide open. Yeah. I no, think we I think we've talked about that, but because but not, but, it, no. but stupid shit like that has happened. Like people do dumb stuff, you know, and so because nothing's going to happen. Yeah, well, they have their, their zero expectation from them because I mean they've been out of touch with everybody else that's been going on, and they believe they're out of the harm zone. You right. know, they, they, right. there are two soldiers posted in the dropship. Yeah, one Pharaoh of them outside. Pharaoh and Spunkmeyer. Yeah, Spunkmeyer went well, inside though. He took he took Bishop the supplies. That's because. You watch it because that's what you think. Well, how did he left it open? He took the stuff inside. He's running he up back, back inside. Yeah, and he hits the slime. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And one of the, and again, those things were smart enough. It didn't attack anybody right away. And one of them crawled on there, checked mm-hmm. out what was going uh-huh. on. Well, these guys aren't looking. Yeah, you know, clear, clo- close it up, take off. And again, kamikaze because that 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 one was like, well, I'm not gonna. I'm here just to kill these kill these people. Yeah, and they're not right. gonna leave. Right. Uh. So bringing up the scenes of the automatic guns again uh i noticed this time around that the sequence that they it's in the original film but it's extended in the special edition where they actually talk about where they're going to set the guns up you know she talks about closing off this bulkhead welding steel plates we'll set two of the guns up here we'll set two of the guns up here and they just take out the guns part of it when they do that sequence in the in the theatrical version right and having that stuff in there now even though it's only a few extra seconds by the time they're all said and done with their plan and they're and they're like all right you guys know what to do go get started everything just seems to make more sense than from the theatrical version when he says the exact same thing you're just like well they didn't really make much of a plan you know they just kind of tell them you guys know what to do Go do what you got to do. But in this, now with that stuff returned in, there is a clear map of what they need to do. Yeah, it's more detailed to their position and right and what what's happening soon. That's that's why I think it's integral and it and and what and I guess they didn't. It might have been too much of a reel. Hudson actually brought up the concept of the, of the queen when they yes. were talking. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, and I might even, but he's like, you know, and you know, and again, Hudson was like, he never was wits about him, but he because he's basically the IT guy, so he wasn't a dumb guy. That was the whole thing. He was the one yes. tapping and everything, and he was getting ready to get out. That was his whole thing. He's like, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the computer I'm guy, short. and I'm get, and I'm short, <laughs> yeah. and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna bite on this rock. Yeah. And he he started he actually thinking, 
and and like his, his brain was clicking he just didn't want to be he wasn't there for any of that nonsense which is what his thing was he was like i came down here for this you know yeah. i'm the it guy and that's what I, when i watched it again that's what i thought about saying well hudson was the it guy and he just really did not want to be there and everybody actually loves him because at the very end he, he's a role he, like a G. he came yeah he came yeah. through for everybody you yeah. know um how, how did it take this long for a film to have a proximity meter as a suspense device i mean that, yeah, that's right stunning, <laughs> stunning. A, a little handheld that looked like a one of those old um football games you yeah little dots yeah. on it yep that and you have that, 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 that chilling that that can't be that's inside that's the room. inside the room <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, something we like missed. it's read right man and then yeah, fucking and then, Hicks sticks his head in the, the uh, yeah, yeah. pushes it up with the up of the gun. And <laughs> he just, need to do that. That that wasn't scary, but that was the worst moment because he stuck his head in. There and it was just I would have just been like, oh no. <laughs> that's like that's like when you're in construction, you're doing demo, and you and you pull the siding off the house, and it's just nothing but black ants everywhere, and you're just like, oh, oh come on. Oh, that's oh, exactly. So that, I don't have that experience. Yes. So, uh, so this was the this was the fifth gri- highest grossing film of 1986. Would you like to know what grossed more than this film? Well, I probably yes. Go for it. Is it on the ceiling? Tough guys. What'd you say? Tough guys. I no, I don't even know what that is. Kirk, Kirk Douglas and uh, Burt Lancaster. Are you, are you being silly, or do you actually going to no, guess the no. four the four movies? Come on, Hassan, that's an illegal black cat. I'm talking about <laughs> illegal black a real hat. film that came out in 1986. No, that's not even. I do no. remember that film too? I've never seen it, but I do it's remember. Not a bad movie, but it was a you lot. You thought of that it, it grossed it more than Aliens? Well, I didn't. Well, I'm just I'm trying to guess what what would have. So so the four movies six. that grossed more than Aliens are Top Gun, Crocodile oh. Dundee. Yeah. Karate Kid 2. Yeah. Wow. And back to school. Yeah. No. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? No. what about Star Trek 4? Uh, Star Trek 4, I believe, on the list was the year 7th or 8th. It was it was it was Thanksgiving 1986. Yeah, so. you're, right, seventh, you're right. 7th or 8th it uh, it picked up. Um wow, that was a that was a big year for movies. And you know what's bad? I saw back to school. That's why I'm kind of like, really? <laughs> oh, wow. Cable. I saw it on cable. I didn't. I didn't. I never saw it in the theater either. I saw it on cable too. Uh, so Lance Hendrickson told himself going into this film that uh, if if this movie wasn't successful, uh, that he was going to quit acting because everything he had done up until this point, just the the films, the roles he had taken, just hadn't really panned out, and he was just tired of of beating his head against the wall. So I'm glad Poor things guy. worked out because this basically cemented his career uh which has been amazing since then um uh michael bean was called the friday before shooting started to replace james remar uh who was let go from the production after he was busted in the uk for drug possession uh filming had already begun with james with james remar uh and there's actually one scene that remains in the film that james remar is in you don't know it because from the back in the same armor and outfit and everything else, they look identical. I, I looked, I know the scene and I looked and you cannot tell. I can't tell what part of it is the part with James Remar. So yeah. there you go. Uh, but basically what it came down to is they had shot a whole sequence that was going to be entirely too expensive to reshoot just to have Michael Bean in it, the same sequence 
and not see his face anyway. Well, because I was actually watching a documentary. Yeah. They had tore the setup already. They had destroyed the set for that already. Uh, well, no, because the Nest set was never torn up because it was used as the set for Axis Chemicals in Batman in 89. Oh. <laughs> well, not, not, I, well, no, that, that, they, they shot in some weird... I mean, they shot but that wasn't that in Hadley's Hope? I think they say they tore all of the um like the, the cocoon stuff up. That might have been yeah, shooting, a lot of the alien stuff yeah. up. The nest, yeah. the nest part. Because they were shooting in some industrial, some old industrial area. They said, and they said, but they had ripped a lot of that stuff up when they had took Remar out. So, uh, so Stephen Lang actually auditioned for both the roles of Burke and Hicks. Wow, a, wow. a much younger Stephen Lang, clearly. Um, look how the, long it would take him to finally. To finally right. land our role, Go, yeah. <laughs> no, well, he was in um another movie. It was a cable movie, Band of the Hand. That was I remember. I first remember Band of the Hand. Michael Michael, Michael Manda, yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, so the actor playing Newt's brother Tim in the in the extended in the uh the special edition. That's actually her brother, Christopher Christopher Hen. Um, oh. and this is Carrie Hen's only acting role. Uh, right, she yeah. went for, she she went on to become a school teacher. She yep. bailed. She was like, nah, dude. Nah, it's not my thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, Al Matthews, the actor who recently passed away and was Sergeant A. Pone, uh, was the first black Marine to be field promoted to sergeant in Vietnam. And uh, they were shooting Full Metal Jacket because this was shot at uh, Pinewood Studios in the UK. And they were shooting, Kubrick was shooting Full Metal Jacket on an adjacent studio so apparently the two crews used to get together and hang out because arlie ermy also was a vietnam veteran as well as al matthews so they used to get together and like hang out with the other members of the crew and just shoot the shit about vietnam with these two with these two casts hanging out rico ross who played frost had gotten cast in both films and had originally worked out the scheduling because Full Metal Jacket was scheduled to finish shooting about a week into the shooting of Aliens. So Rico figured he could get his shooting done there, and then he'd be able to jump over to Aliens, and there'd be no conflict. As it turns out, by the time Aliens came out in the theater, Full Metal Jacket was still shooting. Jesus. So... That's not a surprise. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that didn't work out, and that is why Rico Ross is not in Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> uh, in the in the special edition, where Burke hand, hands the photo of uh, Ripley's daughter to her, and you know shows her the picture, that is actually Sigourney Weaver's mother. Wow! In the picture. Awesome! Oh wow! Uh, Sulaco is the name of the port town. In Joseph Conrad's novel, Nostromo. Nostromo. Ah, ah, well done, James. That's got to be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought this was a fun one. So Vasquez apparently was the inspiration for the character Tasha Yar in Next Generation. Wow. And she was considered for the role originally. Wow. And she would have been wasted, just like Denise Crosby was. She was only in... Or no... Was she, wasn't she killed right away? One no. season? Six episodes First, in. Six by, episodes. The, by the black goo or whatever? Yeah, or? The, the tar. black goo. 
It was, I don't know. Yeah, whatever you call that. That skin of evil. The, the skin, skin, of evil. skin of evil. We're getting rid of a character way too early. Yeah, he so, went out. This, yeah, I mean. So this, <laughs> so this is just, this is an interesting little bit that leads back to Cameron writing all these scripts and knowing that Terminator 2 would come uh, uh, six years later. The When they're sitting in the mess hall having the conversation about, and they're talking about Ash. Right. And he says, you know, you know, this is and and Bishop says, was it an older model? And he says, mm-hmm. yes, it was the Hyperdyne model 120A2. In the original original shooting script, the name was Cyberdyne. 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 Wow. Which would have ah. t- which would have tied this to yet another universe. <laughs> uh, but it was changed to Hyperdyne. I mean, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. No, that's right. I was gonna say it, I mean, this might this might be the greatest year of, for movies for at least in my opinion. I'm looking at this list. I mean, there is just unbelievable movie after unbelievable movie in '86, and yep. it goes way down, way way down. I believe 1984 is the movie is the year that they pick as the greatest for pop culture films of all time. But '86 yeah. would I, I think definitely be a close second. I mean, you've got ones at the bottom, like, you know, Manhunter is way down because yep. of how much money it made, and Highlander, and, you know. I know. Well, it's I, it's, stuff. There was, it's, uh, so a lot of the crew who worked on this film uh, were, they were, you know, Pinewood Studios uh, works, you know, the British film industry works a little differently than the American film industry, where you don't bring in a crew with you you hire the crew that works that particular studio you work at. So a lot of the guys who had worked on this had known Ridley Scott and how he worked and, and, and respected him. And, you know, Cameron's Terminator hadn't made it over to the UK yet. And a lot of people hadn't seen it. So these guys had, didn't know who this guy, James Cameron was coming in to shoot a sequel to this very much loved film alien that they had all worked on. And uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of animosity towards Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd on set for the entire shoot. Most notably, at the beginning of the shoot, after a week, uh, he fired the original director of photography because the director of photography, you know, Cameron was very hands-on with how he wanted things lit, and the uh, the original director of photography was very much going in and just lighting things the way he thought they should be done. And Cameron's like. No, I want it done this way. So he fired the guy off the set and kicked it and kicked him out of the studio. And uh, the entire crew walked out and eventually had to be coaxed back onto the production. But it made way uh, for Adrian Biddle to be hired for his very first director of photography job. Now, if you go look up Adrian Biddle on IMDb, uh, and the amount of quality films that he has shot as a DP, uh, your your jaw will hit the floor. Adrian Biddle is is a legend when it comes to cinematographers. He was also a focus puller on the original Alien, so he actually had worked on both films as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. I serendipity. I don't, you know, watching this again today, and again, it's probably been a year or so since I've seen this film. 
I, uh, you know, to twist your arm to see it, right. To sit down and watch it. Right? There's never a reason not to watch this really. And <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it's funny too, because I like, I'm like, I've seen this so many times. I really don't even need to watch this film. I'm like, I'm going to throw it on and just listen to it just so I can kind of get the, the, some of the beats back. And, uh, I was, I was probably seven minutes into the film and I was just like, I, I, I can't not watch this. I can't, it's, it's, you know, it's literally playing right there. I'm, I'll just, you know, and I ended up stopping whatever I was doing and just watching it all over again, which is why I was able to spot again, some new things. And like I said, I mean, even after I've seen this movie a hundred times over the course of the last 34 years, I, I still see something new when I watch it. And that's, I mean, that's an amazing thing for a film that's that old, you know, and in going through and research and the details and I, and I look up and I, and I find, I find lists of stuff about, you know, uh, mistakes that are made in films and goofs and gaffes and, you know, oh, uh, here's, here's a continuity error where uh, the rug is to the left when he, you know, when, and when they cut back, the rug is to the right. And then when they cut back, it's to the left, you know, it's the whole blue shirt, brown shirt thing, you know, from, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I'm just like, okay, so what? I'm like, I, you know, it, it's, it's to watch a movie at that level to me would be depressing because I just don't think that you can enjoy a film if your sole thing in life is to notice that, holy cow, there's a boom, there's a boom mic, there's a cable. Oh my God, that's a, that's a mistake. I got, I got to post that somewhere. You know, I, I can't, I can't enjoy films that way. Well, no one who makes movies would do that. That would only be someone who is a what only a watcher. Right. And it's, not a doer is just someone who is a taker and is going to watch film and not appreciate how they're made. Yeah. And I just, this, this is like, 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 like everyone here has said, this film is, is, is literally as close to perfect uh, as you're likely to get. I think I, I find there's, there's just nothing in this film. Like I said, other than that one scene that was in the X, the, the, that's in the special edition version that I would lose you know, I think that every 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 element in this film works. Every bit of this film works, and it's it, this is a, you know, it, well, you know, yeah. There's nothing I, new I can add to this. It's it's like Latham said. It's a top overall. You know, it's a film that is is considered and rightly so, uh, just to be, you know, a, a ne- nearly per, you know nearly perfect in in its own. You know, in its in its space, in its in it, well, in its space especially, but uh, just films in general. I realized as a writer what was going to be asked of me, uh, from the line in this film. If I catch either of you playing in those air ducts again, I'm going to tan your hides. Uh-huh. And you realize, wow, okay, so that's why this that's why this kid knows the entire lay of the land. And you didn't need it. It's a line that's not necessary. You can through conceit of the situation you could you could figure out if this girl was all by herself on this planet for this long she would she would have the lay of the 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 complex in you know yeah. in the back of her head but just the fact that it's he he made it a point of contention in in dialogue you know yeah, of yeah. if i catch you you know did i that that 
probably the all of the kids at Hadley's Hope were play you know used to play in the in the walls you know well there's so, that scene early on where the two guys are talking and they're like you know we I, I didn't ask because it takes two weeks to get an answer and what do they say don't ask and, and then he's yeah. just like lie decker and he points yeah. and he's like hey you kids know you're not supposed to be here you know he you sets know, it up in two different places in that whole scene too i just noticed the kid is riding the big wheel and that's like from like the shining and, and the omen you know the kids ride around on the bike like you know like in this in the sure it's a little it's a little callback to something that you know like, like you don't notice it the first time and then newt even she and this is a big wailing utani sticker yeah. on a on the yeah. on the yeah. big wheel and then like when newt was high she had like a my buddy doll in there which was like some little is and it's something like if you weren't around then you're like where the hell did she get that from and it's like <laughs> it, it sticks out now because it looks like Chucky, which is where they got Chucky from. And it's like that little creepy doll sitting there. And it's like, like I never noticed that. I was like, I never noticed that before. Yeah. <laughs> Entertainment buddy- Weekly is a big fan of uh, of making lists. And uh, they voted this as the 42nd greatest film of all time and the single greatest pure action film ever. It's, yeah, it's hard to argue. Hard to argue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always just thought it was cool, but you know, Entertainment Weekly. So <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm vindicated in one thing in my life. <laughs> one thing. I guess I was right. The one time. So, so that is Aliens. Sometimes, sometimes this job is hard. <laughs> All right. So anyway, right. it looks like it's oh, time yeah. for us to take a little trip. That is to Raheem's house to have some pizza, right, Raheem? Ooh, pizza at Raheem's. Yeah, you know what? I can actually go get some pizza. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, Raheem. I'm in Chicago. There's no way I'm coming over for pizza. We're gonna. No, you're in Chicago. You don't really even know what pizza is. Oh, how dare you? (laughs) No, no, I've been to Chicago, and your pizza is different, but I I like it, even though you're not really in Chicago, are you? He's well, been there. He's been to. He has, he's not oh, in. He's been there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I have family in Chicago, so I've been there like two times. Very, very I've been, nice and I've, I've been to Chicago many times. I don't like their pizza. <laughs> well, you're an idiot, so that doesn't matter. Oh, this, this, but this was undisputed, though. We, 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 this was not a, a, was a matter not a of contention. You yeah. had the wrong pizza, Hassan. Next time you come here, I'll give you the right pizza. Let the right pizza in. Yes, let the right pizza in Hassan's gut. Next time you're here, Latham, I'll give you real pizza. Okay. There you uh, go. In 2027, when hey, we can yo. go outside safely, I'll come. jeez. Anyway, let's uh, go down anyway, the tubes. We're not getting pizza, so. Nope, we're going down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. It's time for aliens posters. This time, it's it's war. war. You realize, of course, this means war. Means war. There are some places in the universe you don't go alone. That's right, you monkey. (laughs) It wasn't really a war; it was a massacre. This has got to be. Before you even go into it, Steve, the cheapest laziest and yet most awesome poster i've ever seen and, and it's it's full of confidence of the <laughs> yeah. full of confident posters and you need to come see this movie don't worry about what's yeah. going on so, because come see literally it. anyone who has seen the first film 
knows exactly what this is going is what's happening here. And yeah, and it's doesn't it works for them too. Yep. That's the big the big intrigue is the S. Yes. Because now I'm just telling you there's gonna be more. <laughs> yes. But people who haven't seen it don't yeah. know. Oh, every person who saw the first film and was just like, Man, can you imagine if there was like a whole bunch of these things? And yeah. like I, said, I had seen I had seen the creature itself, so I'm just like, Oh fuck, you know, more <laughs> one of those. That's and that's who's driving <laughs> so next is the other u.s uh poster this is called usb it's great yeah that's a maybe it's because it's iconic now in the in the theater right. um in the theater to go see the film for the first time this was the poster that was up so i'm yeah. like oh yeah. she's, she's got a little girl <laughs> there's a little yeah. girl in the movie. Oh, there's a little kid in this one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and you got, you're like, how how does she end up with a little girl in her? Yeah, life? who's a, who's a little girl? <laughs> look at that fucking gun she's got. <laughs> and maybe maybe she shouldn't. Ooh, maybe I don't know. Maybe she shouldn't be standing in all those eggs. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, she should. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> yeah. And, and how come they're all opening? <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> And how come she's not looking down? What could she possibly be looking at that's worse than those eggs opening? Well, that and the fact that there's just that little bit of something in the corner. Yeah. To allude yeah. to the, the of what yeah. she's looking at. That's God just, damn, that's that's just a good, it is it is a good poster. Great image, yeah. Is, nice yeah. and simple. Maybe, maybe Newt's Mandalorian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the Noodalorian. Uh, so next we have the, this is called the U.S. International poster. So this is, uh, this is the, it's, this poster was released as an English uh, release poster, but this is also essentially the same poster that they used for all of the international uh, markets. They just, you know, like we've seen in the past, they just changed the the wording to uh, yeah. whatever their common language was. So if you go to the next one, I'm sorry, not the next one. That's the first Polish uh, poster for mm-hmm. aliens. Uh, I mean, I am glad that this poster did tell us that this was the new movie. Yeah, yeah, it's just because because <laughs> I would have not known. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this? Oh, Steve, <laughs> this is this is one of the greatest things of all time, by the way, in the Polish film poster industry. And by greatest, uh, you mean worst? Yes, it is. No, this is a absolute thing of beauty. I I I, I love the Polish aliens posters. Uh, there are there are two of them. There's one. There's another one after this one. Yeah, but the fact that you can still see the like indica lines where they were doing the lettering—that's. I mean, yeah, the lay, this, the, this, the, this, the design great. layout and everything they did, and why it's like, called... and it's like, why do they pick a font that looks like the, like a letterman's jacket, you what? know, like a like a college what jacket? Going on here. Why? Why is it called orgy though? Why? I it's don't... it's obsy. It's O B C Y. Oh, I thought that was an O R G Y. Like, why is it? No, no, no. If you go to the next poster, you go. Yeah, I can see it now. I see it now. I see. Or maybe, or maybe Orky. Right, yes. So Orky. Orky. Very Orky. Orky's your friend. Orky's your friend. Occasionally ejects eyeballs out of his head. So wait, there's no Orky in this movie? Or no yeah, this, is more, this is more Piranha 2 the spawning than it is. Uh, oh, hell yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that works perfectly. I started drawing this poster was then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. 
There's no piranhas in this movie. Uh, don't, this don't we, used, we used to have to go digging before we came across one of these. This is like two posters in. I know. Steve. I know. This, this, this that's is because the, that's because the uh, the foreign posters. Well, I, I, but you can go to poster number six, which is for Ghana, which is another beauty. Wait, where are we at? Oh no, I saw that one already. What that, the that, god? Yeah, that one was. What in the Sam oh, Hill? Yeah. <laughs> at, at least this guy's trying to do likenesses. Okay. Look at Newt's face. The Polish Look guy at Newt's to, face. The Polish guy needs to be put down. At least this guy is. And I like that they put a long barrel on the pulse rifle. Yeah, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? And isn't that, isn't, am I not wrong that that jacket. thing in the air is actually a deadite from Army of Darkness? I mean, <laughs> it. it it's failing. Ziggy video. It's something. All right. Okay, yeah. Let's never look at that again. This looks like a This looks like a reggae <laughs> album, album cover. This would be, be, be a cool <laughs> album. So so next is the French poster, and that's what I was actually trying to get at with that US international image. This is how most of the the foreign posters looked for Europe. It was just basically aliens and then, you know, Le Retour, what's Le Return. But What's behind her? Uh, something. Alien miscellaneous. I mean, is it supposed to be something specific or just general? Metal? I think it's just supposed to be generic alien esque stuff. It looks like a stove that's not on. I don't like it. <laughs> Stupid. Mm, okay. Uh, so next it's is Japanese. Fucked it up. Japanese poster. <laughs> Yeah, same difference. Very, like very, that same image, and then you put whatever the fuck around it. Okay. Cameron saved it. There you go. Well, in there, he saved so, tons so of our money first, on the promo. Our first artist poster is by Anthony Petri. Nice. Wow. Yeah, that's that's slick. Yeah, I mean that's that's just fucking amazing. Oh fuck! He took it's these crazy. from the video yeah, game though. Make this. Well, this looks like the um. Menu for the DVD, but, but yeah, but these also look like the pictures from the video game. Yeah, like the same. I mean, all you need is to make it an actual movie poster. Where am I seeing the movie poster part of this? I, you know, like you need an alien. I guess, nah, whatever. It's fine. Everybody knows what it is. I yeah, mean, but I, you're I, right. I, I it should that. have. It's fucking brilliant. I'll be quiet. That's good. <laughs> I mean, no. This, this, this is a yeah. cool shirt. This is, this is, this is more. This is merchandising. This is like you know, yeah, slap it on the shirt, <laughs> give me my money. Uh, next, we have uh, an image by Benedict Woodhead. Oh wow! Really clever. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. He did a similarly themed one for Alien as well. Uh, 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 a, a kind of a sister piece to this image that uh, that's really cool. Uh, next is uh, oh wow, nice Chris- Christopher Connor. I just like the look and feel of Motion this motion detector. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's yeah. a little vague but good. Yeah, mm-hmm. very minimalist. Good. Yeah. Uh, next is an image by Colin Morella. Also goes by the name Noble Six. <clears throat> the derelict ship that you see uh, used in Aliens is the same derelict model from the original film. <laughs> Uh, they went and found the guy who actually had it and uh, <laughs> and got it back from him to use for the filming. That's awesome. They're yeah. like, give me that. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's mine. I have no, no, no. Give, give it to me. Mouth. Give it to us. I'll do something to you. Who's going to borrow? What happened? Hey, oh, that's on fire. Sorry. Uh, next is a, a poster by Colin Schlicht. Great. Uh, not bad. Unfortunate name, but good poster. <laughs> you mean the artist's name? <laughs> yes. Wait. Mr. Schlicht? No. Mr. Schlicht. What do you want him Please. to do? Be born Please. some other thing? Please stop calling me that. God damn it. How are you? I would call I would not stop calling him that. It's like, hey, Schlicht. Hey, you got you the like, specs from Schlicht yet? Yeah. Would you Schlicht like a drink? Call. Schlicht? Real How about something Schlicht, to eat, Mr. Schlicht? Schlicht? Yeah. Wow. I hope this guy please. never listens wow. to the show. Yeah. Please stop making uh, your name, Schlicht. So <laughs> next is next is a piece by Francesco <laughs> Francavilla. Yeah, just Ooh, that's nice. Not bad. I don't like it as much as the other ones though. It looks like there's a big gulp dispenser on the bottom of the ship. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? That's, that's funny. Next is uh, the piece by God Machine. Wow. It should be good, then, don't you think? Why are, are those, there hands? supposed to be there? Obviously, <laughs> Never mind. I can't believe I just asked that dumb fucking question. Never mind. <sighs> you would think the God Machine would... would... Uh, crop himself out of his own picture. <laughs> no, he actually does that on purpose, believe yeah, it or not. Bet, oh, it is supposed to be there. No, no, no. It's not part of the image. He does. It's very hard to find images of God Machine's posters without his hands holding them because he does that on purpose so people can't steal the images offline and reprint the posters without his approval. Okay, well, then they are. Uh, he's smarter than people think yeah, he is. He's, he's never heard of Photoshop, though. Yeah. I mean, it. Right, I but if you also notice that the resolution things. on this image is isn't that bad. great as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, dude. Again, yeah. this is purposeful thinking on his part. I don't like this one anyway. So that's 20, twenty-eight kilobytes, seven seventy-two PPI. Uh, next is image by Hamza Ansari. Okay. All right. Yeah. Looks like a book cover. Uh, I don't really yeah. I don't like. It. Okay. Uh, next is Joseph Harold. Uh, we had a poster actually from this gentleman last week during for the Warriors. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, the I silhouette of remember it, but uh, this one is uh, okay. You know, this uh, looks like Hicks. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It'd be cool. fun in a dark theater to look at. It's funny, you know. One of the things we didn't talk about uh, was the the personalizations on the armor of the actors for the for the marines they left that the the guy the armorer made a set of one set of armor for for i'm sorry three sets of armor for each marine but they had their their hero set was the set they were shooting with oh and they were each given uh the armor ahead of time once the camo patterns were put on to personalize them in some way if you notice that bill paxton says louise on the on the left side of his chest which is the name of his wife ah uh, and and because uh, Michael Bean came in so late, uh, his armor with the heart and the padlock on it was something that Remar had done to the armor, oh. uh, which he actually didn't like and thought was a bad idea because it created a big target. <laughs> so ah, he yeah. thought that's not a very good idea. But, but there was he nothing he could do about it. At that, yeah, at that point, there was really nothing they could do about it. So Next is Ken Taylor. That's good. That's a beautiful image. Yeah. I like it. Uh, next is an image by 
Killian Ang. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. This one you don't really need is t- the title on it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, nope, I know. Yeah, what this he is. he later modified that image for slightly for a uh, uh, a reissue of the soundtrack. Oh, nice! By Mondo. Uh, so the next is by Luke Priest. This one seems like he's trying too hard here. How so? I don't know. He's trying to make it look like this amalgamation of all these characters is shaped into the alien head, and mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. Compositionally, it, it is a little weird. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, like I could it. never do it, as I always say, but, you know, I don't like it. So, Fair enough. <laughs> Not going to hang it on your wall. Okay. <clears throat> Next is uh, Mark Levy. All right. Yeah. I mean, simple, straightforward. Yeah, it's a retro poster though because you couldn't uh, right. release this. Right. Yeah. Unless it's like, unless it's <laughs> the one from Ghana. <laughs> 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 Surprise. Uh, next is uh, an image by Mark Schilder. Mm, yeah. With, uh, there's your quote. You don't the see them fucking good, each other for a percentage. It doesn't work on a movie poster. That's true. It doesn't. Yeah, it just, it's not, I don't know what, yeah. I, this I like it. I like this one. It's like a, it's like a Frazetta, I think. It's, a, with the, with the it's more book cover than a movie poster, though. I don't think this one's working yeah. at all. I'm going to click it off. Okay. So next <laughs> is a piece by uh, Massimo Carnavale. Well. Well, what? Okay. I don't know. What's he, what's he got this alien doing? Praying? The fuck? Wow, dude. <laughs> oh, what do Everything. you think he's doing? Ne- next Every- is a piece by Matt Ferguson. <laughs> Everything all right, Latham? <laughs> I'm trying to find one I like. It's been a while since the top of the list. Eh, this one's all right. Barely. <laughs> Looks like there's a guy in the clouds, like a guy with a beard. The, m- the more you listen, the worse it gets. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by the time you by the time you get into the you know if there's more than four posters by by the time you're eight in he hates them. Uh, <laughs> uh, Neil, next is that's a, not always true. An image by Neil Davies. I don't like this one. <laughs> Too busy. Uh, this one's kind of you know you this would be on the cover of like a coffee table book. All the likenesses look right though. You that, know. Well. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Except for all, they even got op- uh, a pwned. Uh, yep. Except for Hicks and and the Ripley and the Loader. I mean, eh, I don't know. I did like that about a pwn. Like he he wakes up in the cryo tube and like <laughs> yeah. literally he just pulls his hand up and he's already got the cigar in his hand. Yeah. And just assholes like, and elbow. <laughs> Let's go. Every formation of parade. Next is a piece by Oliver Barrett. <laughs> What do you want me to do? Fetch your slippers for you? Oh, would you, Sarge? That'd be great. (laughs) Look into my eye. (laughs) You know, it took years before I got that joke. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing it with his middle finger. I'm like, I don't understand. Look into my eye. That's dumb. Cancel this movie. (laughs) This one's trying too hard again. A common theme with some of these posters. (sighs) Oh, next is a piece by Rich Davies. 
we don't like him because he's got two first names. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I'm not allowed to make jokes? Okay, fine. <laughs> no, you can make a joke, Hassan. If you want to make a joke, go ahead and make one. I'd love to hear it. He, he did. Oh. Oh, you did? <laughs> it's time for the hat. Yeah, put the hat up. Uh, this one, you know, it's uh, compositionally uh, interesting. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. See, these wow. faces could be a little tighter. I like the composition better than the last one. Um, yeah. But the faces in the last one are better than this one. Okay. I'll buy that. For a dollar. <laughs> uh, next is by Samuel Ho. Ho! Retro, retro culture. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know what this yeah, guy's doing. Annihilation. Yeah. Is weed in there? yeah, it's annihilation all over again. I know. I know what he, <laughs> it's not horrible. It's doing. just... So it's, it's almost an Art Deco thing. Hitting it, hitting it bomb. <laughs> all about like the green. All it's all about the green. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Aliens Grateful Dead poster. That's what it reminds me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Come. I didn't, I didn't know such a thing existed, but okay. If I hate Ashbury. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. What is this? Uh, this is uh, Tomasz Opasinski. Tomasz is smoking the good life. stuff, man. Look at this. You know, yeah, the thing of beauty. I wouldn't even care if this was an alien poster. This is just. <laughs> this is just. This would be a Christmas card you send to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and inside, you just write "fuck you." That's I it. miss you. No, you don't write. I really miss you. Three no, hugs. <laughs> you don't write anything in this. You just the no, no, yeah, it's just blank. <laughs> what the do what you want. Do what you want with this? <laughs> what the hell? You opened up and there's some holes burnt through it on the backside. Yeah. And it says like with a with a little engravement, I'll be there soon. I'm like, eh. so so am I to understand that we do or don't like this? Just from like the commentary. It. I, I like it's it. yeah. it's really good. It's really good. But I don't like it. <laughs> it just creeped me out. It's so, all right. So it's effective. I, it's, it's successful. It's okay. a successful image. All right. Holy shit. This is on an album. Well, uh, I'd buy it. So uh, next we will get into <clears throat> our martini for the first time with one Mr. There's Jones. no snick for that. I'm a little thirsty. I'm a bit peckish. What should we? I mean, I'm, I'm doing the Latham. Like, where's this stick for that? You got an or- you got you got orange thumbed. <laughs> you can't hat me. <laughs> uh, so we have not delved into the library of of James Cameron before, and what a mighty library it is. I mean, he's got to be highest percentage. Uh, I will tell you this: I know that I know, I know that we're not uh, taking much stock in uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but as an overall gauge, it sometimes is fun to look at that, which is what I use it for. And the only uh, movie he has as a director that is below seventy-one percent is Piranha Two: The Spawning. Sure. <laughs> Uh, other than that, his lowest ranked film at 71% is True Lies. Wow, really? Yep. That makes sense, too. Uh, I'm going to skip Ghosts of the Abyss. Then we have Avatar at 82. 
We have Titanic at 89, The Abyss at 89. Wow. T2 at, T2 at 93, Aliens at 97, and The Terminator at 100. Wow. Wow. Nuts. Really? Terminator above Aliens? Terminator's and, interesting. And T2. It's not better than Aliens. It's just not. Would you say Terminator's better than T2? Fuck no. Yeah. Okay. I would. I would. Would you? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're they're close, but uh, it does all his films are all his films are I mean, he only's done what, nine? Ten? Yeah, if you don't count his uh, underwater stuff. Well, that's <laughs> a true documentary. Oh, yeah, because he, he's done he did Aliens of the Deep and Ghosts of the Abyss. Chrono Terminator, Aliens. This Terminator Two, True Lies. Still can't watch that scene where uh, he's done eight films. Ed uh, Harris is in hard the, to be- is, hard to believe. Is in that flooding corridor. Oh, and his and his ring gets caught in the door, and he's oh, yelling for really? help. I cannot watch that scene. That really crazy. It's just so hard to watch, especially because he just lost like three guys, <laughs> you know, who drowned to death. There's a lot uh, of. Tough scenes in that, that. I mean, that's you know, you know the story of the making of that film. That everything hard in there was earned. So, yeah. He's cut the line. Cut the line. On the Raheem, line. what do you think? Aliens is your favorite of his? Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. What would be two for you? Terminator. Just because I saw the first. Yeah, so I mean, I saw that first, and you know, it just yeah. yeah. Fair enough. You know, two T two has a has a kind of a um, oh boy. There's 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 an edge off of T two because you, it's 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 obvious attempt to broaden a really narrow story. Yes, and in in some ways it doesn't work. It it the stylistically it's fantastic. But narratively, it doesn't. A lot of the, a lot of what he has to do in order to broaden that story, doesn't really work too well. Because you know, Reese says he just they destroyed all of Skynet and stuff like that after the the term the one Terminator got through. There was only enough energy to send him through, you know. So that where so where the hell did the T one thousand come from? Well, they were, he was wrong. Okay, but. That's not how that works. So, well, <laughs> story wise, how it works for me, boy. It, it, that's okay. exactly how hey, it works. It was, we call him boy, boy. <laughs> we call him boy, boy. It was just oh boy. T, that's how it works. T two was just real. It was it was what it was. It was slicker. You know, it was all connected up. I I compare it oddly enough. It was like T two had that whole you know Guns and Roses tie in with the song, oh, yeah. and, and that was all over the place. You know, and, you know, and that like that's like Use Your Illusion wasn't as good as Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> yeah. So th- well, no. Listen, T two is a fantastic yeah. spectacle. It's. I mean, like the T one thousand. Who cares where it came from or whatever? It's. It's a. It's an effective villain. It. It put Robert Patrick on the map. You know, he just. Yep. You know, um, and he, all he had to do was walk. <laughs> that was the easiest. And run. That was the easiest. And do step this. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it does. It, it's the problem with that movie is when you when you do the wrong thing, the thing you shouldn't do with any movie is when you start to think about it. 
when you start to think about it, it starts to come apart a little bit. Um, it's it's wonderful, but it, you know. And you got it. That was the first, like, $100 million. Remember when the, the budget came $100 million? Everybody yeah, was like, and they freaked everybody out was about like, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, they just did not know. Yeah, you, you thought he had killed somebody. They, just, they, they really was like, yeah, this guy's like, yeah, I, make this I, I didn't bring it up, but I found a, I found a story about uh, when the studio execs saw the first footage from Aliens, they got mad because they were like, I can't believe you guys used up all your effects money on the sets. <laughs> and and Gail Ann Heard and Gail Ann Heard started laughing and they're like, they didn't understand what was so funny. And they're like, all the stuff you think are sets are all miniatures. And they're like, what? They're like, that's all miniature sets and like process shots. That's all miniature and like effects work. That's not, those aren't sets. And like, they couldn't believe that like the visuals that he had, he had pulled together out of that side of things and not, not built sets for Because in comparison, aliens was $18 million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the other thing. You look back at budget for those old movies. You're just like, what the, wait, what? Well, shit just costs less too. I mean, I'm listening yeah. at the end of the at the end of the day, Aliens was the with the was the fifth highest grossing film, and it made a hundred and thirty nine million dollars. Yeah. But that's what the people spend a budget of eighteen million. People spend all the money shit, in that, that like, cash did. The quality is not like oh well, I spent four hundred million on a movie. It's way better. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should you should have banked some of that money and made like you know some some. Different movies. I don't care what anybody says. I still like Avatar. I, I still think that's a great movie. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> wow. Uh oh. So whoever's listening, next, next guest. <laughs> make make I, Steve watch movie. Make I actually, Steve watch movie. I actually even own a copy. I bought a copy of that movie with the intention of watching it on my my on my own TV, and I I still have never cracked it open. You watched 47 goddamn movies this week and you didn't watch Avatar. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> well, that might, that might take him all week. He, uh, it, I, it's a real pretty movie, visually, but I'm not going to lie. The first time I had turned it on, I might have had a couple of, you know, adult beverages. I was unconscious <laughs> by, like, the middle. I was just like, wait, what's going on? I had to, like, rewind it. I just, did, did you like it better when it was Fern Gully? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever actually... Fern, I've seen Fern Gully on, but I mean... It, I mean, well, maybe he could. He got to remake Ferngully, four hundred million dollars, make a live action version, book it, and if it doesn't make a billion dollars, you know they're gonna burn the studio down. Oh, this Fern, right. this Ferngully remake didn't make all this money, but really, uh, <laughs> it's not that's, a great movie. That's all right. Ten not years later, movie. we're gonna give you five hundred million dollars to go make four more of them. Yeah, I've always said I've, I I liked Avatar better when it was the Last Samurai. But I like The Last Samurai better when it was Dances with Wolves. So, you know, it is it is what it is. I mean, it's the oldest story in the book. Yeah, you know, some guy comes to a place and goes native. That's all. That's literally the whole story. Right. But, um, right. Which Dances but, with Wolves? The first one or the second part of that movie? That's an hour and a half too long. Well, actually, <laughs> there's an old movie with Richard Harris, A Man Called Horse. The only reason I remember it because yeah. they hung him on hooks. I. I I don't know where, yep. where I saw that or when I saw that, but I remember I saw that one part, and I, I think that's when we watched the movie, because I was like, oh, you're killing this guy. But then he got off the hooks, and I was like, well, how the hell did he get off the hooks? Yeah, that's the problem. 
That was a that was what they did wrong. <laughs> they let him get off those hooks. That's a problem. <laughs> Put him back. He up. got off the hooks. Put him back up there. He was not amused. Yeah. He was he was not amused. <laughs> but Avatar is just fucking gorgeous. Yeah. It is. It's still. It's still gorgeous. You know. That, but only if you're into that. If you're into the spectacle, you could watch it the sound off. Well, with the with the with the you know. I mean, they they unironically use the line "unobtainium," so I mean that's a problem. You know, that's that's an issue. Um, I'm like, wow, they they. That, that, yeah, he's think, not I joking think, about I think, that. I think True Lies is is hideously undervalued at seventy one percent. I agree. That's a I think that movie's a, great. That's a, that's a great movie. I would put that in my top five of his films. Yeah, I, mean, a, I think I I think I'd probably go with. And supposedly he made that movie just to test out his uh, special effects house that he had just built. Yeah, Lightstorm, yeah. So imagine making a movie like that just to see yeah, if you're... Yeah, because that's a remake. Yeah. yeah. That's a remake of a French film. Okay, well, that makes sense. I don't think the French film had Do hairs it. of the fucking... Do it. Do we see more? <laughs> Do it more slowly. <laughs> <laughs> do it do we see more i mean when you're talking about top five when a guy's only got eight films i mean it's kind of you know hey the the problem with that film the, tr- the problem with true lies how many is, films has terrence malick made is um too many jamie lee curtis <laughs> jamie lee curtis took off her clothes and you were like oh wait a minute <laughs> yeah jamie yeah. lee curtis is still yeah. Oh, he's still rocking. Oh, like, what the fuck? That was like eight years later, or whatever the fuck. When it used to be a man, my ass. <laughs> what? Uh, there was, an, about there was an old, old Hollywood rumor that she was like born with both, both genitalia or something. I don't know. You mean it's some fucking? You mean someone's fantasy? Eating place? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, fucking Hermat. I don't know. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't in Haddonfield anymore. That's all. That's uh, for sure. Nope. <laughs> they literally modeled an aerobics movie around her body. Okay, come on. <laughs> your fucking head. Uh, Raheem, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are welcome back anytime, and please bring more horror films with you, just so we can make these guys nah, watch, okay. watch more horror films. <laughs> oh, I will. Um, I good news for you. Uh, you don't. You don't gotta. <laughs> we good. We good. You don't gotta. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, myself, and Raheem Lloyd, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and fellow xenomorph hunter, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Out.